Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this day. God, you woke us up and here we are with your body. Lord, minister to our hearts. Speak to us, God. Reveal your truth, God. I pray, God, that they would come alive and speak directly to us. Lord, I pray, God, that it brings conviction. I pray, God, that it brings encouragement. I pray, God, that it brings strength. Thank you for your word today, God. Let it minister to our souls. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So, uh, to get started, let me ask you this question here. Have you ever been asked to self-evaluate yourself? Maybe you've been in a job, a workplace, school, somewhere where they say, hey, you know what, why don't you tell me how you think you've been doing? You ever been in a situation like that? We also do that here with our core leaders. We sit down with our core leaders and we, we hand them this thing and say, hey, tell me how you think you've been doing, and we go through this whole process. But as we go along that process, in most times, in most cases, we don't say, you know what, I'm just horrible. I'm just really bad at this stuff. Most of the time, we, just, we say, you know, I think I've been doing okay. And it usually goes one of two ways. It, it either goes, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely great at it. Or, you know, you try to take the humble routes. We say, hey, how you doing? They give, you know, out of 10, how do how, how you think? Well, you know what? There's always room to improve, so I'm probably at a 9.9. You know, we, nobody, nobody, nobody says, you know what, I'm just, I'm just no good at that area. In most cases, we respectfully give ourselves good grades. Did you know the Bible talks about two types of wisdom and really two ways of going about and uh, doing things? Because here's the truth. If I go left and it looks easier, I might just go down that path. Or if I turn right and it looks a little harder, but if I know someone has already finished it, I know that even though it's going to be tough in the beginning, I'm going to get through this situation. And the Bible talks about these two types of wisdom. And so today we're going to look at the book of James, chapter 3, verses 13 through 18. And here's the thing. We're looking at something that has stood the test of time. No matter who's come and try to poke a hole with the Bible or try to say this or say that it's not true, those people have come and gone, but the word of God remains it is still standing, it's still here, and it still ministers to us. And so this is what it says here in verse 13. It says, who is wise and understanding among you? Let's pause there for a second. James asks the question. James doesn't identify. He says, listen, yep, you're wise. Nope, you're not. Yep, you're wise. No, you're not. He's not identifying people who are wise and people who are not. He asks the question. He gives it up to you. What do you think? Are you wise? Do you have understanding? In most cases, the readers are going to think to themselves, yeah, yeah, I'm wise. I got good understanding. I make good decisions. And here's where we're at. And then it's, it, it says this, by his good conduct, someone say good conduct. Let him show his works in the meekness, someone say weak, meekness, of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. Then it says this. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual. Then it says this, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. Then two more verses. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial, right? We talked about that a few weeks ago, and sincere, and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. This is where James is bringing us. This is what's happening here this morning. We close out chapter, chapter three. Let me ask you this question. Hear me. How can we know whether someone is truly wise? 
Is it based on their IQ? You got an, you got a, your, your IQ is off the charts. You must be really wise. Or how much information they can, they can bring to bear in any given situation. No, that's not it. James offers this unexpected alternative that challenges our understanding of wisdom from a biblical standpoint. Just as faith without works is dead, as we looked in chapter 2, verse 26. If faith without works is dead, so is wisdom that does not come from a humble uh, perspective. Wisdom that is not humbly put into practice does not work. So I want to give you two points here this morning, and, and really it's, it's as simple as this. Here's the truth about true wisdom, and when I talk about true wisdom, I'm talking about the wisdom of God. I'm talking about when, when, when you're following God's way, I'm talking about His wisdom. So here's the truth about true wisdom, and it's really two things. Number one is this, true wisdom is shown by action, is shown by action. Now, we've talked a little bit about this already, but it is this reoccurring theme. As James is the leader of the church at this time, he's looking, he sees, here is this issue that continues to take place. True wisdom is shown by action. In other words, we cannot just talk about it, we have to be about it. See, when you know the truth, you know what God's word is saying to you, you know what the Holy Spirit is impressed on your heart, you know the right thing, and you continue to do nothing about it, then that's a problem. That's an issue. The title of the message series is Perseverance. Right? We've been talking about growing in your faith. We've been talking about breaking generational curses. We've been talking about you get past that thing that's been like a ball and chain in your life for the longest time and you have not been able to get free from it. So you can't just know what to do and do nothing about it. You can't just know that's what God's word says, but I'm not going to do anything. You won't grow that way. See, the goal of James and what he's trying to communicate to us is that we would mature in Christ. Ultimately, we would persevere. If I stay here, yet I know the truth, because I'm thinking to myself, I'm, I, I don't know how it'll be if I take that step. I, I, I don't know what will happen around the corner. Or, 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 or you know what, I just, I just can't deal with that right now. Or, or it's just comfortable here. It's just comfortable. I never grow. I never persevere. Those chains are never broken. I stay in the same place. Nothing happens in my life. And then, at some point, I come to the place where I wonder, why haven't I grown? Why haven't I changed? Why am I still fighting the same demons, fighting the same battles? Because true wisdom requires action. It requires me to take steps. And sometimes, listen, brothers, some people go leaps and bounds, and some people can move in, in those ways. But others of us, we take small little steps. And that's okay, because small steps are steps. Am I working in that direction? Do, do I understand that this is what God desires for me and, I, and I'm just going to walk it out? I'm not worried that somebody else takes grace. Hey, that's good. Bless them. That's awesome. And if you take big steps, continue to take them. But wherever we're at, as long as you're taking steps, stepping up to the plate, keeping your word, I want you to check up this slide really quick. How do you know they're wise? Look at their good works, right? Their action and their humility. That's, that's how we know. In, in, in verse 13, it says this. Who is wise and understanding among you, right? We already talked about that. And then it says this, by his good conduct. Someone say good conduct. Let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. Now, let's take a moment and read that together out loud, okay? I'm going to count to three. Let's read it together out loud, all the way from the top. Here we go. One, two, and three. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. There it is. There it is. By his works is, is action. See, wisdom 
is not merely intellectual, but it's behavioral, right? It's, it's what I do with what I know. How many of you have ever seen a, a movie or a show where they're, they're, they're actually showing kind of the behind the scenes and, and, and you see a director, he's sitting on a chair and he's, he's got this thing and he's ready to call action, right? You've seen that? Well, when he calls action, do, do any of the lighting people or the sound people or any of the actors, everyone that's memorized their lines, their lines or they say, oh, well, he just called action. Maybe I should go take a break, right? Maybe I should do nothing with what I know I'm supposed to do. No. What happens when they hit the thing and they say action? They do what they know they're supposed to do, what they have been prepared for, what they know is clearly this is my next steps. This is what I got to do. I, I, I need to take action. When I know what I need to know, when I know what I know is truth, and I need to do something about it. I need to do something about it. And I want to say this, and hear my heart when I say this. There are few things worse than saying you know something but not doing anything about it. There are few things worse than that. And I feel like too many times that's the case. I know what I should be doing, but I'm not doing anything about it. And we get caught up in the, in the this or the that or the feelings or the emotions. And when the moment of truth is staring at us in the face, I put my head down or I turn away. Or worse yet, the moment of truth is, is staring me at the face and, and I know what is right thing to do and... I'm going to close my eyes, and I'm going to pretend this doesn't even exist. This is not a reality in my life. And I'm just, whoop, and I'm just, whoop, and I'm just going to go about life pretending that I don't know that that's the truth. And I don't, and, 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 and that's not what God's word says. And I'm just going to just move past that script. I know what God's place in my heart. I know what's the right thing to do, but I'm just going to ignore that. That is one of the worst things we could possibly do. If God's word is leading you there, then I want to encourage you today. Trust him. Trust God. Push, push forward. Push through. Do the right thing. You know what you'll find? God's blessing in your life. God is good and faithful. I'll shout it from the rooftops. Some of you know my story, my testimony. I didn't grow up in church. But when I met God, he said, okay. And I said, let's do it. God is good and God is faithful. Would you trust him? Would you trust him? I'm going back to verse 13 because how we do it is so important. Back to the verse 13. Who is wise and understanding among you by his good conduct? Let him show his works in the meekness. Someone say meekness of wisdom. Meekness of wisdom. Another word for meekness would be humility or humbleness. But in the Greek, in the Greek meekness is translated Protest. My, my Greek isn't so good. In, in college, I took Hebrew, not Greek. But it comes out to gentleness. It comes out to gentleness. So go about it in a gentle way. Whatever it is that's in front of you, whatever it is that you know you need to do, do it in a gentle way, in a careful way, not in a boasting, prideful way with the wrong motives. Interestingly enough, meekness was considered weakness by the ancient Greeks at that time. Look, if you're going to be meek, that's, that's just weakness. We don't have no time for meekness. You're not going to get anywhere in life with meekness. And Jesus, on the other hand, he makes it the core of, uh, of the primary of the Christian values, the Christian virtues at the time. Look, 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 what, look what Jesus says here in, in the Sermon on the Mount in 5, verse 5. He says this, Blessed are the meek, because they will inherit the earth. 
the meek. This is what Jesus is teaching us. What's he saying? He's saying have a humble attitude. I don't get sometimes that could be hard. But I want you to see where this is going. Just as we've been looking at in James, be slow to speak, quick to listen, right? Slow to get angry. Sometimes I, I get it, something's going on. But Jesus also says this in Matthew eleven twenty nine. 29. He says, he says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Someone say, learn from me. He says this, for I am gentle and humble in hearts, and you will find rest for your souls. I want you to get this here for a moment. Jesus was not some hippie picking lilies. He was, he, Jesus was a man's man, okay? When it says he is gentle and humble, it says he was gentle and humble in his heart. Jesus still stood up to who he needed to stood up to. Jesus still handled his business. Jesus did what he needed to do, but he was humble and gentle in his heart. And the way that he expressed himself and the way that he needed to do. And then, and then you got to catch this. So I am gentle and humble in heart. But right before that, it says, it says, and learn from me. See, he is our model. The way that we should go about things. He's our model. And God is wanting us to mature. And it's part of us persevering in this flesh. I don't want to say this, brothers and sisters. Our best decisions are in front of us. But they all require action. You cannot just know what you need to do and not do anything about it. It's to do the right thing for the right reason at the right time. True wisdom, God's wisdom, is shown by action. And the second truth about wisdom is, is this. True wisdom is not driven by the wrong motives. I'm sorry, that should be a number two up there, but that's what I meant. True wisdom is not driven by the wrong motives motives now hear me hear me wrong motives say i'd rather not do the things that i know i should this way i stay off the radar of the enemy like like technically i'm a christian i i, I mean i stepped over the line technically but I, i'd rather not do those things that that the word says or these things that god has impressed in my heart or what i know i should do right because if i do them I'm going to be on the radar of the enemy. So if I don't do them, he ain't going to mess with me. And it's that type of thinking, that wrong type of that thinking that I don't grow, I don't mature, I stay stagnant, I begin to stink because I'm not growing. Or, you know, I'm going to do this or that so that I can show them. I'm going to show them. They don't think I can do it? Watch this. I'm going to show them I could do it. Again, the wrong motive. Or I'm going to see what I can get away with. You know, I'm a Christian. I love the Lord. I love Jesus, but I'm going to see what boundary. What, I could push a little that way, a little bit this way. Or you know what? I'll help people. I'll help people. But it's got to be how, it's got to be all about how I'm going to come up from it. How, what, what I'm going to get out of it. And as I think about Jesus, Jesus was never like, okay, I'm going to do this, but uh, Father, what you going to give me? Okay, uh, you know what? You throw in some of that, and I'll do it for you. I'll, I'll, even, I'll get on the cross, but what am I going to get out of it? That wasn't his perspective. That wasn't his model. That wasn't his thinking. That wasn't his heart. He did the right thing for the right reason at the right time. Are you following me this morning? Okay, this, this is what's happening. Look what it says in verses 14 through 16. It says this, but if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth, this is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. 
For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. This kind of wisdom, this attitude and perspective is far different from the righteous character of God. And Jesus says, learn from me. Jesus says, learn from me. We look at Jesus' character. We look at the way he carried himself, how he went about things, and we see this righteous character about him. We want to be more like Christ. We want to model after him. He wasn't worried about who was going to like him or what the Father was going to bless him with. I want you to see this slide. Check out this slide. Here's earthly wisdom. You know what comes out of it is jealousy, ambition, selfish ambition, uh, disorder, evil, these different things. See, on the outside, guys, you're in the middle of this decision. You've got to make a decision. And all of a sudden, you know, the outside, you know, it looks fancy. It looks nice, bright lights. It's, it's, it's awesome. It's, it's, it's attractive. It looks like it'll sustain you. However, it doesn't matter what the outside looks like. It matters what's in the inside. What's on the inside. That's what really, really matters. The root of it is what matters. What are your motives? What are your motives? Is God your genie? Are you doing something for the wrong reason? What are your motives? The Bible says this, and the Apostle Paul, he says this in Philippians chapter 2, verse 3. It says this, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. I'm going to read it one more time. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, Value others above yourselves. Do you know this verse has puzzled a lot of people for a long time? It's puzzled people. People have been confused about this. Because how am I possibly supposed to think of somebody else better than me? That's not how I was taught. That's not how I was brought up. I was taught to look in the mirror and say, you're the best. You're the man. You got this. You could do it. Nobody can stop you. You're you're going to conquer the world. So we've been taught. That's what society and culture has bred us into thinking. All i got to do is tell myself that I'm it and I will be it. Because here's what's happened. It says this, do uh, uh, nothing, uh, selfish ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility value others before ourselves. What is, what's happening here? This verse is not about valuing yourself as nothing. But it has everything to do with choosing to serve as Jesus served. Because society, again, and culture have told you to do whatever you got to do to win. Step on who you got to do. Just self-meditate, self, self-motivate yourself rather than rely on God. Remind yourself how good you are rather than remind yourself how powerful he is. The Apostle Paul also said, in two, in two chapters later, he said this, For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Here's what's happened we get, for I can do everything, and then we stop. And that's it. I can do everything. I can do everything. I can do everything. I, I can do everything. But you're missing the rest of the verse. The rest of the verse is I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. See, I come to this place of humility, recognize it. he's God. I'm not. I'm going to let him be God. Amen. See, the truth is I can do everything, but I can do it in him. Through his provision, through his blessing, through his open doors, through, through, through his healing, through his strength, through his word, through his Holy Spirit, I can do it all through Christ Jesus. In that, I find his blessing because here's what happens. When I try to do it by myself, without him, without through Christ, I might get a little far. 
That's right. I might get a little far. But I'm going to come to a place where I'm still not satisfied with life. And, and it's, it's flashing and it's good and it's great. It seems peaceful and all those type of things. But it just never satisfies. It'll never be good as you're hoping it will be. You get there and like, wow, that's great. You get a little bit far. Wow, that's great. And I'm still never satisfied. It only comes when I can do everything through Christ. When you have that perspective, you get there and it's great. Now it's about giving him glory. Now it's about praising and blessing his name. Because it's not about selfish ambition or vain conceit. Right? It's, it, it's, it, it's not about uh, doing things for the wrong reasons. Here's what I want to tell you. The motives of true wisdom, of God's wisdom, always honors God. It always honors God. The motives of true wisdom always honor God. And I want to, I want to close with this. And so, David, if we're, you can join me. What are my motives? What are the reasons that I make certain decisions, that I do certain things? What are my motives? What wakes me up? What is my why? why what are my motives? Why do I do what I do? Why? Okay, so I, 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 I can't just know what to do, but I need to take action. When I take action, I need to do it for the right reasons. Yes, that's true wisdom. That's God's wisdom. So what are the practical qualities that I can work towards? This is what it says in verses 17 through 18. It says this, But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial, and sincere, and a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace, right? Jesus talks so much about that. He just talks about the peacemakers. But as you look at a list like this, this is how you need to go about what you know you should do. This is how you go about what you know what the scripture is asking you to do. You do it in a pure way. Not with the wrong motives. You do, it, you do it in a peaceful way. You do it in a gentle way. You do it with open to reason, full of mercy. Whatever that decision is, whatever it is that's in front of you, whatever's going about, you could either, you could either do it, go towards the left, and, and maybe it looks really easy. You go into this, boom, or you're motivated. You got this, you got this. And, but, but it's going to lead to something that you never saw coming. Or you come here to the right, and it looks tough. But you know others who've, come, who've done it and come through the other side and they've done it through Christ. And, and you know that if they've done it, you can do it too. I'm telling you, I know sometimes it's tough to surrender to God. To surrender my ways, to surrender my heart, to, to, to surrender my life. It's, it it can be tough to do it, but I'm telling you, if they've done it, you can do it. If I've done it, you can do it. You're going to come to the other place and it might look a little tough, but the blessing of God is on the other side of that. Amen, church. And this, 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 this last slide I want to show you. One more here. This is what pure wisdom looks like. Here are the ingredients. Well, peace. I got peace. Okay, check. Gentleness. Okay, check. Obedience. Check. Mercy. Check. Sincerity. Check. This is how I go about it. Let these be the ingredients of your life. Let them be the ingredients of your decision-making, of your wisdom. So here's my challenge, and we're going to pray. According to verse 17, 
What is one area that you can begin to work on when it comes to the way that you make decisions? Listen, I'm not asking you to make a leap and a bounds, you know, just a huge leap right now. Maybe, hey, that's you, absolutely. But maybe there's an area that you can begin to apply right now. Can we go back to verse 17 really quick? But the wisdom from above is first pure. Maybe that's it. You need to just make sure that it's coming from a pure place or peaceable or gentle, open to reason, full of mercy. You need to begin to think about mercy when you do what you do or good fruits or impartial or sincere. A harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make, make peace. So what's that area for you this morning? What is it that, that, that God is, is, is saying, you know what, that's an, that's an area for me, and you can begin to say, hey, I can, I can begin to do that. Let's take a moment to pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. God, you're so good. Hey, God, your word has touched us, has ministered to us, has challenged us. God has convicted us. But God, in that, we find growth. We find your blessing. God, help us, Lord. Help us, God, to come to a place of just surrendering to you, just letting go to you. I'm going to trust you, God, with my life. I've been holding on to it for far too long. I'm going to trust you today. And maybe you're here today with nobody looking around. You say, you know what? i got to get right with God. I need to. The truth is that hasn't been my reality. I've been all over the place. And I need to get right with God. I, I, I want him to forgive my sins. I want that peace. I want that mercy. I want that grace. I want eternal life. I want to know that if I were to take my last breath, I'm going to heaven. And if that's you here with nobody looking around, you say, you know what? I got to get right with God. Just quickly put your hand up and then down. Thank you so much. I see your hand. Thank you. 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 Five of us, six of us this morning. Thank you so much. Anybody else? Heavenly Father, I thank you for your love. God, that love is so faithful even when we're not. God, even when we've made mistakes, we, we haven't done what we know we should, God, and we've just been struggling, Lord, today, would you forgive us? God, your word teaches us, Lord, that when, we, when you forgive us, we're forgiven. And if we'll simply say, God, make me pure, then we know we're pure, God. It is by faith, Lord, that if we confess with our mouths, we believe in our heart that you are who you say you are, and we can have eternal life. So bless your house today. May your mercy and grace be all over us. Help us, God, to do what we know we should and to grow in you, to mature in you, to develop in you. God, we turn away from the things of the enemy and we trust you, God, and we bless your name. Strengthen your house. Strengthen your sons and daughters, Father. And may your word continue to feed us. And would we grow in you. We love you, Father. In Christ Jesus' name we pray. Amen.